Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Praise God. Are you ready for the Word of God? This will be the last teaching on the series, Great Grace. And then we will start another series next Sunday. I admit to you that after I have taught this lesson for almost a year now, I discovered that I experienced more grace and favor from God than ever before in my life. I believe that Everything we receive from God is by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. When you keep preaching, you hear yourself. You keep hearing. You keep reading the sermon many times. You try to understand and put into practice yourself. So what happened is that I myself get it. I experience the grace of God, the favor of God every single day. And everywhere we go. We experience the grace and the favor of God. I don't have time to share with you all the testimony how God is so gracious to me. But today we will conclude the teaching in this series. And I pray that you will listen to it carefully. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32 and 33. Now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the conclusion of the condition of the early church is in this sentence. And great grace was upon them all. I believe that God record this scripture not just for decorating our brain about great grace. He wants us to have experience of the great grace. And I expect that great grace will be upon everybody, not just only old believers or leaders, but even one day old Christian can experience the grace of God. I heard the testimony from a lady who got saved in our church about two months ago. She went back to Thailand and she wanted the whole family saved. So she took all of her family, including her mom, to go to church. Her ex-husband, her friend, everybody. I met her in our meeting two weeks ago. And I just heard the story that she took her mom to the meeting in north part of Thailand. And when they start to worship, the mom, who is a Buddhist, start to cry and The mom accepted Jesus Christ right there because the pain in her whole body, she has pain in her whole body, was totally gone at the time of worship. Is that a great grace? Great grace is on this brand new believer two months old that her whole family got saved except only one brother right now. Just one trip to Thailand, everybody got saved. That is the grace of God. We have studied already from the life of many people. The life of Jesus Christ, who has fullness of grace. The Bible says grace upon grace, favor upon favor. And eventually Jesus grew on increased in grace to the point that he has unlimited grace. And Jesus has the characteristic that he was humble. He was willing to go on the cross in an undignified way to be crucified, and he also lived for the will of the Father. We learn the story of Noah, that Noah received great grace from God because he was fearing God, he was a righteous man, and he was spared from the destruction of the flood. We learn from the life of Joseph, who was very humble, who was very faithful and trustworthy, He was fearing God. Therefore, he did not commit adultery with his boss wife. And he received great grace from God everywhere he 
went, he got promoted, he became in charge of everywhere, and eventually he became the prime minister or the second in command person in Egypt. We learned the story about Ruth, who came from nowhere, no name, nothing. She was a stranger and also the foreigner in another land. But because she was so humble and she was so faithful to the God of Israel, eventually she got the grace from God to become the great, great, great grandmother of the Lord Jesus Christ and marry a very good, godly man. God gave grace to Esther, who went from the place of obscurity to the place of natural influence. God used her to save the whole nation. And if you study the life of Esther carefully, she was a humble woman. She did not put pressure on people. She did not demand. She just looked up to God. And God gave grace to her because she was humble. The Bible says God can give more grace, but you need to be humble. God gave grace to John, the apostle, uh, one of the disciples, 12 disciples. Because John was so humble. He leaned his head on the chest of Jesus Christ as a man. And he loved God so much. And God gave him the grace to be one of the closest disciples of Jesus Christ. And he did not die from persecution. He was spared and was exiled to the island of Patmos. You see, all of them have the same characteristic. Humility, love God with all their heart, faithful, and fear God. God gave grace to King David, who has received loving kindness from the Lord. And he was promoted to be the king, and eventually God used him to prepare all the substances to build the house of the Lord. God gave grace to many people in the Bible because they have similar characteristics. Fear God, live a holy life, they are humble people, and they live for the kingdom of God. These are all same characteristics of all these people. Now, we're going to study more about recognizing the grace of God in our own life. I would like to read many writings in the epistle that Paul wrote. Apostle Paul has shown through his writing that he really recognized and perceived the grace of God in his life. Not only that, he depended on this divine help, divine ability, opportunity, and divine strength. The grace of God is divine help, opportunity, strength, and ability upon your life. He opened the door for you. He gives you supernatural strength and ability or the anointing to get the job done. And Paul quoted in the Bible everywhere. He planted many churches. He pioneered many churches. He preached the gospel. And he made many disciples in that generation. He reached out to the Gentile. Many wonderful things happened in his ministry. He was changing the world upside down in that generation. He was referring his success to the grace of God all the time. He kept giving credit to the grace of God. He kept giving the honor to the Lord instead of honoring himself. The reason we need to give credit to God, we should not boast our own success. We should not brag on ourselves because the one who gives grace to us is not us. It's the Lord. We receive the grace from the Lord. We cannot anoint ourselves. We cannot grace ourselves. We cannot empower ourselves. We depend on the grace of God to get the job done. Colossians chapter 1 verse 25 and verse 29. Another description of how Paul perceived value and yielded to the grace of God. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. To this end, verse 29, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. These two verses describe the work of the grace of God or the presence of God. Paul tried to say that his 
success in the ministry came from the presence of God or the grace of God in his life. He said that the grace of God was stirring him up, was energizing him, empowering him, working in him to do and to will according to God's pleasure. I myself have that experience too. The grace of God in my life to make me a preacher and a pastor, working in me all the time, energizing me and stirring me up, enlightening me, quickening me to want to live for God, want to write more lessons, produce more teaching, taking care of God's people and God's churches. It's working on the inside of us. The grace of God is working in us. We cannot boast about our success. In NIV, verse 29 say, To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy. His is capital H, the energy of God inside, which so powerfully works in me. I want to tell you, brother and sister, there is something in you that is bigger than you, and beyond you, that is energizing you, stirring you up, empowering you, quickening you, and enlightening you to live for God. He is working in you, the grace of God or the presence of God. James chapter 1 verse 17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Anything that is good, anything is perfect, comes from the Lord. You don't make it on your own. You cannot boast about it. Pride say, you know, I'm so good. I'm so capable. I'm so smart. Wow, the church is so lucky to have me here. The church, the pastor is so lucky that I am part of the team and get involved in the ministry. That is pride. Do you know that without the grace of God, you cannot get out of your bed this morning? Without the grace of God, your heart will not be beating anymore. Without the grace of God, you could not even find the door in your bedroom. Without the grace of God, you cannot get into your car and drive to work and make income. Every morning when I wake up, every morning when I can go to my bathroom to brush my teeth, get dressed and go to work, I say, thank you, Lord, for another day of your grace. I depend on the grace of God. I never think that I'm a great surgeon, I'm a great doctor or great pastor. Everything that happened in my life and through my life is by the grace of God. There is God who is greater than us, living on the inside of us. He sustains us, He energizes us, and He empowers us and enables us to do everything that we need to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 to 11 Another description or writing of Paul. For I am the least of the apostles. You notice that Paul was very humble. Actually, of all the apostles in the New Testament, Paul was the most effective and fruitful. But he called himself the least of the apostles. If you want more grace, you need to be humble. Who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. Many churches were raised by the Apostle Paul. Many thousand souls were saved. Many miracles happened. The handkerchief that he lay hand on healed people. I got email from Germany when they heard the testimony from Mark Maron about the handkerchief. When I went to Germany and Switzerland this time, everyone brought a lot of handkerchief and put on the table. The whole table full of handkerchief. After I lay hand on people, I just have to go there and lay hand on all the handkerchief because they believe in the power an anointing in the handkerchief. And I just got the email from Lipstadt in Germany that one young girl was demonized. She brought the handkerchief and put on that girl. She was set free by the anointing. So God still used the anointing in the handkerchief today like the time of Paul. Paul was so anointed. And he said, I labored. 
I worked so hard for God. I did not want the grace of God to go in vain. But it's not I. It's the grace of God. He did not boast about himself. He boasted and he honored the grace of God. In the basic English Bible, Paul said this way. By the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace which was given to me has not been for nothing. What does it mean? When we receive the grace of God, we should not receive it for no purpose, for no fruit, for nothing. We should not waste the grace of God away. We should not treat the grace of God in a devaluing way. We should use it. We should believe the grace of God. Perceive the grace of God. Acknowledge the grace of God. Yield to the grace of God. Speak the grace of God. And we use it to the maximum laboring to make fruit for God as much as we can while we are living on this earth as short life here. We are compared to eternity. We're going to be gone soon from this world. So we need to be fruitful by using the grace of God in our life. Why so many people waste the grace of God away? There are two reasons. There are three kinds of Christians. One kind of Christian is like Paul, who perceived the grace, used the grace, yielded the grace. Another kind of Christian is proud Christian or prideful Christian, who think that every good thing that they did come from their own ability. So they make little of the grace of God. They're so prideful, so the grace of God cannot work in them and it will diminish and less and less and less because they're so prideful. They boast about themselves. The third kind of Christians are we call ignorant Christians. Christians who don't understand the grace, who don't perceive the grace, who don't acknowledge the grace or yield to the grace. So they live day by day ignorantly. They did not know that the grace of God in their life, so they never used the grace of God for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Thank God that we can accomplish much for the kingdom. Thank God that when you lay hands on some sick people, they got healed. Thank God that you can teach the Bible in the care group and everyone get blessed. But please, don't boast that I am somebody. Don't boast that, look at me. Now I can preach the word of God. Now I can minister to a lot of people. Now I can cast out demons. It's not I, but by the grace of God that you can do all those things. Give glory to the grace of God. Don't disrespect or devalue the grace of God. If you honor the grace, you give glory to God and recognize the grace. What happened? God is going to give you more grace. The grace of God is going to manifest through you more and more. And you're going to see greater things happen in your life because you recognize, you perceive, you are aware of the grace, you surrender to the grace, you labor and use the grace of God fully. And then God is going to use you in this generation more than before. And who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I will read from New Century Version. I want to read the scripture again and again to show you what Paul thought about the grace of God. All the other apostles are greater than I am. I am not even good enough to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But God's grace has made me what I am. And his grace to me was not wasted. I worked harder than all the other apostles. But it was not I, really. It was God's grace that was with me. Paul was a blasphemer. Paul was a persecutor or destroyer of the church. He was a religious zealot or legalist. But by the grace of God, he was turned around to be an apostle who planted churches and preached the gospel and performed signs and wonders. God can pick simple people in the congregation who are humble, who want to live for God, 
and put so much grace upon that person to do great things in this generation. And I notice that all the time in my traveling all over the world in the mission trip. Sometimes people come to me and boast that they are so great. They know a lot of Bible. They try to preach to me. Actually, sometimes I ate dinner with somebody. I never talk even one word. That person preached to me all the time, and I just sit there. Do you don't want to know how my kids are, how my wife is doing? They just keep preaching to me, and I, okay, you know the Bible. Thank you. You know the Bible. And I notice that God does not use these people so much. Some simple woman. Who humble? Who just come and serve, and just stay humble, but hungry for God. God just anoint them and now use them in a powerful way because of the humility. You see, we depend on the grace of God. Romans chapter 11 verse 13. For I speak to you, Gentiles, in as much as I am an apostle to the Gentile, I magnified my ministry. It sounds like he boasts about himself. No. He did not boast or brag on himself. He was brag on the grace of God. Actually, in NIV say this way. I'm talking to you Gentiles in as much as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I make much of my ministry. You need to understand the difference between honoring God, bragging on God, and also phony humility. Phony humility, a false humility say, I can't do anything. I cannot do anything. I'm nothing. I cannot do anything. Please don't use me. Please don't get me involved. That is we call phony humility. But the real faith is to recognize the grace of God. Recognize the calling, the anointing in your life. You can distinguish or differentiate between what is you and what is the grace of God. For example, I can distinguish what is me. I was born in Thailand, a devout Buddhist, playing with demons when I was young. I was a selfish man. Yes, I may have good brain, could do good study. But before I met Jesus, I was a Thai man, could not speak English very well. I did not study how to preach in English. I did not go to Bible school. But... After I got saved, now it's on the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am able to preach in English now. By the grace of God, when I read the Bible, I understand and can write the lesson. By the grace of God, I can be a pastor. Even though I used to be looking down on the church of Jesus Christ when I was a young man. You see, by the grace of God, you know all these good things happen. All this good gift from heaven happened because of the grace of God. You need to differentiate what is you and what is the grace of God. You need to use that grace for the kingdom. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent am bold toward you. Let me read from NIV. By the meekness and the gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. What does it mean here? Let me explain. Paul tried to teach us about the grace of God here. Paul tried to say that there are times when you ought to be bold, step up and speak up. But there are times when you need to be timid, Quiet and sit down and don't say anything. There are times of both. What does it mean? Because there are things in your life that you are graced to do and to fulfill. When you know that the grace of God is there to do the job, you are bold. You stand up and say it. But there are things in your life that you are not graced to do. Therefore, when that time comes, you keep your mouth shut. You sit down and you listen. There are knowledges in the Bible that you are graced to know and you can preach about it. But there are things in the Bible that you are not graced to know and understand. You keep your mouth shut, sit down, humble and listen to other people. You see my point? In other words, in the grace of God, we have boundaries. We have areas and places in our life. We are not graced for everything. We are graced for Certain knowledge, certain things. 
So we need to know our boundary. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Again, Paul said, by the grace, I can say this to you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. If you are not graced to do it, don't try to promote yourself or lift yourself up and give your name title. You should not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. You need to know the boundary of your grace, the places or areas of your grace, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. We all have different gifts according to the grace. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. You can see here that God gives us different gifts or different graces. We receive the gift according to the grace of God. None of us, none of us have all gifts in our life. We may have multiple gifts and different graces, but we don't have all of them in our life. We need to perceive and discover or acknowledge what gifts we have, what kind of graces we have. We know that we are graced in a certain area, and we are not graced in another area. I give you an example. I'm not graced by God to work with the children. If I go into the children's room right now, they're all going to run away from me. I'm not graced to lead worship. If I lead worship, you're going to fall asleep. I know that. One time I went to Thailand and the senior pastor asked me to lead worship. I said, are you sure? And I got up and lead worship. I sang off key from the piano. Everyone laughed at me. The pastor called the wrong man to lead worship because I am not graced to lead worship. Amen. We need to discern what kind of grace we have. And once we find out, we do it in an excellent way. And we do it to the maximum in our own grace. Don't step out of our grace. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to work in the places that we are not graced to do. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2. I will continue to read about what Paul is teaching us about grace here. Perceiving grace, yielding to the grace... Valuing the grace, using the grace, and be fruitful by the grace. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence, by which I intend to be bold against some. But think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. Verses 9 to 18. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. For some say his letters are weighty and forceful. But in person, he is unimpressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realize that what we are in our letters when we are absent. We will be in our actions when we are present. We do not dare, okay, listen carefully. He is very humble. He tried to teach us how to recognize the grace. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, now we're going to come to the sentence. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits. Everyone say limits. Okay. But we'll confine our boasting to the field. Everyone say field. Limit. Boundary. Field. God has assigned to us a field that reaches even to you. We are not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you. For we did get 
as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limit. I cannot go and make a service as an evangelist. If I do that, I'm not an evangelist. I go beyond my limits. I am a pastor and teacher. I'm not an evangelist. I cannot go beyond my limit. I never call myself a healer, so I don't want to do a healing service because I'm not a healer. But people heal? Yes, people heal in the meeting. But I don't want to go beyond my limits. By boasting of work done by others, our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity, everyone say area. Everyone say limit. Everyone say field. Everyone say boundary. Measure and place. Our area of activity among you will greatly expand that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Okay, come to this point. We need to understand about grace. We perceive the grace, not only perceive what kind of gift and grace we have in our life. We should also perceive the limit, the boundaries, the measure, the place of our grace. That is we need to recognize and perceive. I am called to be a pastor, but I'm not the pastor of everybody. Only people who, by the grace of God, accept me as a pastor stay in this church. If people come here and they say, this is not for me, he's not my pastor, and they leave, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I don't take it personally because I don't have grace to be their pastor. Period. You may be the head in your household, but you are not graced to be the head of everywhere you go. Somewhere you speak up, I'm the head. But somewhere you go there, you sit down and stay quiet because there is a head over there that the grace of God give them to be the head in that place, in that location. So you need to know the limit. You need to be humble. Amen? Don't walk outside your limit. Don't try to act like a pastor to everybody. Sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut. I'm not your pastor. Sometimes people ask me questions in the Facebook. Can you help me? I say, no, I'm not going to help you. You go to your pastor. I'm not your pastor. I'm not going to give counseling to people from another church. I'm not graced to be your pastor. I don't get involved with you. So you need to know your limitation. Be humble. Be teachable. Sometimes the grace of God is upon you to share to say, to give opinion, and to say this is what to do. And you do it boldly, but with love. But sometimes the grace of God is not for you. What do you do? Be teachable, keep your mouth shut, sit down, and listen. For example, if I want to know about computer, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and listen to Brendan. If I want to know about other machine. I'm not graced to repair the house or repair machine. I can perform brain surgery, but I cannot repair my house. I cannot put even one nail into the wall because I cannot bend the nail. I'm not graced to repair the house. I need to know my limit. So I call somebody else. Amen? I need to know the boundaries of my life. And you need to know the boundaries and limits of your grace as well. Amen? Everyone say, sometimes I'm bold. I speak up. I step up. Sometimes I'm quiet. And I sit down and listen. Amen? Be humble. When you get involved in the area you are not crazy to do, shut your mouth, sit down, and listen. Don't try to be the jack of all trades and know everything. You don't know everything. You need to be humble. Amen? All of us have the areas in our life that we don't know. All of us have the areas in our life that we are foolish about. All of us have the areas in our life that we have no experiences. If we have no grace for those areas, we need to be base and humble and stay quiet. But when we know that we are in the position of the grace of God, we walk in that grace, you can stand up and be bold to share. Amen? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective 
by the acknowledgement of every good thing. Everyone say acknowledgement. Of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Should we acknowledge all the gifts, all the graces, all the good things in our life? Should we? Yes, we should. Every Christian should acknowledge the grace, the gift. Thank God for being a member of a good church. Because if you are around very mature leaders, you may not be able to perceive your own grace or your own gift. But the leader one day may call you or email you. Brother, sister, can you help us to do this? We need your body to serve in that area or ministry. Now you need to understand, when the leader calls you to do that, it means he or she observe and recognize the grace in your life that you can do the job. Please don't say no. Once the leader calls you and recognizes the gift in you and asks you to get involved, you say, let me get involved, let me help. Yes, at the beginning, when you get involved, you may struggle, you may make mistakes, because nobody starts out full developed. As you walk into that grace, that anointing, and begin to serve, you shall develop. You shall not develop if you don't get involved. So when the leader calls you, can you help this? You say, yes, I will be faithful to do it. Amen? Because the leaders observe the grace in your life that you are good at this. You are good at that. You, are, you receive some good thing from God in that area. Amen? So, come out from your comfort zone when God calls you to do something. Because maybe that call, that phone call or email from your leader will be the starting point that you start to develop a big ministry in your life. You may come in and sit around doing nothing, but one day the phone call comes and you step into that grace, step into serve God in that grace, you begin to develop and you begin to progress and excel and develop your gift that God has for you. Amen? It's the process of development. You have the grace, you do it, and you go through the process of improving. And as you're faithful in little things, God's going to give you more grace to do more things for Him. The reason that many Christians are not effective because they never know about grace. They never perceive or acknowledge the good things in their life. And they just let the grace go in vain, without purpose, without any fruit in their life. This teaching, I want to encourage you to perceive the grace, to perceive the boundary in your life, the limit in your life, the area in your life. Rise up and work hard. Use the grace in your life to do the work for God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As every man have received the gift, even so minister to the same one to another. As good steward to the manifold grace of God. Verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. The grace of God enables you to speak, enables you to serve, to minister, to give, to do things, to fulfill the calling of God, to expand the kingdom of God. And who gets the glory? Verse 11, God gets the glory. If you want God to get the glory, you need to perceive the grace. You need to find out what kind of gift and grace you have in your life. Don't bury them on the ground and ignore it. Begin to discover, perceive and recognize and yield to the grace that God has given to you. Amen? All of us have certain measures of grace. You cannot say, I don't have any grace or gift in my life. You all have certain level of grace. Please, after this series of teaching, begin to discover, begin to perceive and acknowledge the grace of God in your life. Amen? Let us say out loud, I am graced. I'm gifted. 
I will magnify my ministry. I will make much of it. I will labor. I will serve. I will use the grace to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in different forms. I want to say thank to many members in our church who have been faithfully serving all of you, who have been using the grace to do the job in this church faithfully. I want to thank people who are in the cook team, people who are in the worship team. Our servant in this church never complain. You rarely hear from them that they complain. They just faithfully do the job behind the scene. Some of them do the soundboard. Some of them may be getting involved in the video, children program, administration. Many people open their home. They use their grace to open their home and run the care group. Many people teach. They use the grace of God. Some of them get involved in taking care of God's people, pastoral work. Many, many people in our church have been faithfully using the grace and the gift to serve one another. I want to encourage you today. Don't take them for granted. Amen? Value them. Value the grace in their life. Honor them. Don't think that I'm so smart, I'm a manager of a company. These people just usher, walking around with the offering bag. No, no, no. They are grace to do that job, to be usher in the church. You need to honor them. Amen? Amen. Honor those who do the children ministry. We should not take them for granted. We should value and appreciate them. Because they're serving you in the kingdom of God. No one, including me, can serve God Fruitfully without the grace of God. Therefore, we need to depend on the grace of God. Let this teaching be the reality in our life. Not just the jot note in the paper and keep on the shelf. Let us all experience the grace of God. Perceive the grace of God. Value and be thankful of the grace of God. Let us glorify God by perceiving, using, laboring, yielding, Believing and expanding the grace of God in our life for other people in the church, for the people out there, and for the kingdom of God. May God forgive us if we are prideful in the past and boast about our own ability. May God forgive us if we are ignorant that we don't even care about the grace of God and just put it in vain. May God pour out His grace more upon our church and help us by the Holy Spirit to see, to perceive the grace of God in our life and don't compare to each other, but let's value each other's grace and gift and don't take each other for granted, but let us encourage one another, serve the Lord together and fulfill the vision that God gives to this church until the end. I believe that this church was started or birthed by God, and He has a vision for us to do. No question at all, our church has a vision to bring revival. Now, if you listen to the testimony in our YouTube, everyone has the same testimony about revival. It's not just physical healing. I just put in the Facebook a testimony of a lady who lived in California, in uh, San Francisco area. She was a nurse. She got touched by the fire in Los Angeles, she got healed from depression, from committing suicide. God revived her job, revived her family, revived her faith. The whole total body, the total being has been revived by the fire of God. We have the vision. We go in the world to help people. Amen. You help me recording video to preach to the world. You help me recording the sound. You help me to take care of the meeting as an archer. You do your jobs, you use your grace to fulfill the vision of this church in this generation. I want to encourage all of you. Join the vision together and use the grace that God has given to you to the maximum. Amen?
in humility and in love, and don't step out of your boundary, and be appreciative of one another. Amen. Everyone say, "Thank you, Lord, for this teaching." Everyone say, "I will perceive my grace. I will acknowledge my gifts. I will value the grace of God in my life. The grace of God in my life will never go in vain." I will work hard. I will see the fruit. I will see the success. Yet not I, but the grace of God, who works in me, who energizes me, who stirring me up, enlighten me, empowers me, enables me to get the job done, and I will have. Full rewards in heaven and on earth. Use me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are not a Christian yet, or you're not sure that you are saved, I would like to encourage you to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You may think that you go to church. And you're going to go to heaven, but going to church, attending the church, will not make you to heaven. The key is that you need to repent of your sin and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life and build relationship with the Lord. If you're not sure that your name is recorded in the book of life, I'd like to lead you in prayer to receive Jesus into your heart right now. Do you want to do that? I'd like to lead you to pray. Amen. Close your eyes. Bow your head. And pray with me, Father in heaven. I want to be born again. I want my name to be recorded in the book of life of the Lamb. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for dying for me on the cross to pay for my sins. To forgive me, Lord Jesus, from today on, I will walk with you. You are in my life. I will build relationship with you, Lord. I want to get to know you more. I will repent of my sin every single day. Oh Lord, forgive me. Bless me. Show your goodness to me, Lord. I will not be lukewarm. I will not be cold. But I will be hot Christians. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we all stand up? And I'm gonna pray that the Lord will give you more grace. What happened in the Bible gonna happen to us? Amen. Everyone, lift your hand up. To heaven and receive by faith. Oh Father, you say in the Bible, Lord, that the oil flowed down from the head and the beard of Aaron into the church. I believe, Lord, the anointing, the grace, and the favor of God will flow down from heaven into this house. Everybody. Whether new believers, old believers, leaders, servant of God, all kinds of Christian in this house, shall receive more grace, great grace, grace upon grace, favor upon favor, into their life. Lord, I believe you shall help them by the Holy Spirit to acknowledge. To perceive what kind of grace is in that they have in their life, they shall perceive the limit, the areas, and the places of the graces in their life, Lord. I pray, Father, there will be the good steward to faithfully administer the grace to one another, to serve one another, to fulfill the calling of God, to build the church. To expand the kingdom of God 
and Lord, we will make you happy. On that day, Lord, all of them will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and you will say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Give them the reward, Lord. Bless them indeed. The grace will be upon their body, their soul, their mind, their family, their finances, their job, their education, their ministry, their traveling, everything they do. You will go before them to prepare the way for them. You will be with them, and everywhere they go, they shall find favor with God and favor with man. We thank you, Lord. We believe you answer our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless you. Enjoy the lunch together, fellowship together. Amen. Tell the person next to you: You are graced by God. You are graced by God. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.